0: Thank you for bringing things to, to my remembrance. It's great to just go back over the story of, uh, that I remember meeting these folks in Loon Mountain, and uh, I ran into a Nazarite woman, and a, and a guy that's doing this wild music. End of silence. I fell in love with this guy. Both of them, I fell in love with them, and uh, Just to follow your story is amazing. Lord, I thank you today for the, the testimony that's gone out from this place, really all across America. We believe for greater things.
1: Yes,
0: Lord. Lord, the city set on a hill mm-hmm. cannot be hid. Lord, mm-hmm. Lord, the tongue of fire, God will quench the tongue of humanism. Mm-hmm. God, just loose the tongue of fire.
1: Yeah.
0: Give it Acts chapter two, God. Is Lord Herod and all the kings, all the big guys, they'll all be shaken by the yes. tongue of fire in New England. We so. Father, we pray, restore the tongue of fire, God, yes, God, in New England, in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Turn with me, if you would. Book of Exodus. I seem like I always go to Exodus. This passage. <laughs> I I am not a great Bible teacher, um, but that's not what you came for. But uh, I'm into stories. Jesus was a storyteller, come on. So I like Jesus. (laughs) Look at chapter 3 of Exodus. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, He led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Let me ask the question. Did he know that it was an angel? No, no, it was a flame of fire. It's not like the guy says, I am an angel. (laughs) It's just a flame of fire in a bush. How does he know it's an angel of the Lord? He finds out later. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. It's interesting. Someone asked a question. He said, why do you think God used a bush? Man, they said, but probably it's because God wants to be known that he can be seen even in the common things. He's alive and reveals himself in the common things was the flame of fire in the midst of the bush, he looked, and behold, the bush was burning. Yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burning. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. And then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 10. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Egypt, Israel, out of Egypt. What a powerful passage. I want to uh, speak today a message called Ekbalo. Say, Ekbalo. Ekbalo. Have you heard my message on Ekbalo yet? (laughs) Glimpses of this message on Ekbalo well the word Egbola and the whole story of Egbola really was is nothing except for for me it was a burning bush encounter mm. I didn't see anything but I had a burning bush encounter let me comment on this passage a man is 80 years old he's following sheep in the desert his call is 40 years gone he has no hope of the future it's wasted and yet in his darkest days, Chasing goats in the desert. Thinking he's an offcast and a second stringer. God has ways of yanking people out of second string.
1: Amen. And
0: putting them on the front lines. Come on. Yeah. Amen. He's just tooling around out there in the desert. Sees a bush aflame. Oh. Now he has an option. You do look at the bush. Isn't that great? There's a bush burn. Maybe lightning struck it. See you later, bush. <laughs> He says this, I will now turn aside to see this great sight. What's the great, what's the big deal with a bush that is burning? But when he turns aside, he says this, that God was looking to see if he would turn aside. This is crazy. Sometimes we have moments of awe in our lives. That we don't turn aside to see what God is saying to us. And God is looking to see if we will treat our moment of awe, our dream, our prophetic word, with the same kind of gravity and weight that He treats it. He doesn't dispense His callings with triviality. He's looking for those who treat seriously those moments when heaven opens and gives us a simple glimpse of what could be. When he turns aside, God calls his name. How many have ever had a dream from God? Raise your hand. How many have had a moment when you were reading a book and the book lit your heart on fire? Come on. How many of you ever watched a movie and when you watched the movie it was almost like God was screaming your name why because your name is in the book and your name is in the movie God doesn't just talk through books he talks through all kinds of common bushes and the art of life is actually to recognize the voice in the common thing that is really a moment of awe And turn aside and see what God is calling to you. Mm -hmm. He was being abolished as a deliverer to his people. Mm -hmm. Because he treated seriously Mm -hmm. the vision of a common bush burning. Mm -hmm. Today I want to talk about the power of one moment of awe. If you will treat it as a moment of awe, it will literally change the rest of your life. Some people... Have an encounter or a moment of awe. It's what we call awesome. Now we use the word awesome for anything. But this is awesome. Do you know what we need in New England? An awakening.
2: Amen. That's right. That's a good word. We have a
0: religious awakening, <laughs> but, but what we need is an awe
2: awakening. So
0: that nobody can describe except this is God.
1: Yeah. That's something.
0: New England has to have an awe awakening. Before he gives us an awe awakening, he will give someone an awe moment. And they will treat that moment as a divine initiative. I'm calling from heaven. And your name will be called. And you could be the deliverer of a whole community. Or a whole city or a whole nation. I want to just say, I believe in the march for Jesus. Come on. I think New England needs to go yeah. out in front of everybody and say this is who we are yeah. rather than playing in the shadows come and on. fitting in Pre- with everything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's
0: true. True. Either hate us or love us. We'll love too, but the middle road can't go. Yeah, hey, yeah, shoot. <laughs> those guys from Dagestan that made that bomb, they released an awe-wakening of hell. Give us some guys It can be an explosion in this city. Amen. So, some people have moments of awe, and then they treat those moments as kind of common. And some you treat them almost like shooting stars. They're here, and then they forget about them. But some people live their lives. Under the shadow of a dominating prophecy. And when you live your life under the shadow of a dominating prophecy. You can't live as a common ordinary being anymore. Heaven has called your name. Today, I believe that what I'm going to share with you could be that. That in the next ten years could release a flashpoint. That shakes New England from end to end. You say, Lou, how do you know? I don't. But I would rather live my life under the shadow of a dominating prophecy. As if I were not a second stringer. As if God had actually called my name. Than living in the common, ordinary, who cares, sluggishness. Of a bored Christianity. Moses was at Bolo. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. Do you realize in you flows royal blood? You're the new creation in humanity. A whole different species of being in, in in the earth. You are a new creation. It doesn't mean you're a brand new person. It means you're a whole new kind of being in the earth. You have royal genes. Come on. Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we be called the very generic sons of God. There was no one like you. Do you ever think of yourself that way? Ever look in a mirror It says You are incredible.
1: <laughs>
0: Royal blood flows through your veins. Right. You are a son of God. You will judge angels. Mm. No. Right, good morning. <laughs> Another dead <at> school
1: <laughs> Matthew.
0: Matthew, no. I'm going to tell you a story. In fact, Bethany's going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story. That I am living my life under the shadow of this story. And I fully expect that stadiums are going to be filled with the greatest revival in American history that will release the greatest missions movement Jesus. to reach 7,000 unreached people groups. And I fully expect that this house of prayer will be the catalyst of it on the East Coast, and I will be the catalyst of it on the West Coast. Amen. <laughs> it sounds like arrogance to me. No, it isn't. No. It's treating the Word of God seriously in your life. He doesn't give you prophecies so that you think, well, that's a great prophecy. He gives you prophecies to make you responsible to fulfill them. He doesn't say, John the Baptist, you're going to be the forerunner of the Christ, and and, and John then said, well, I hope it happens. No, he actually yields to the prophetic calling and lives it out. He has to make a choice to live his life in an extraordinary, odd way. Has to leave everybody to go to the desert because he finds his name in the book. Come on. An angel appears to his dad and says, you're going to have a son, he's going to be a Nazareth. He will not drink wine. Hallelujah. Him. Just do that in Boston and you'll be a different
1: guy. <laughs> <of woman.
0: laughs> Let other guys get drunk with other things. I will be possessed by God. Yeah. Anyway. And he goes out to the desert to fast and pray. Why? Because his dad told him what the angel told him, that you would be the voice crying in the wilderness, saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. So he goes to the desert. His life makes no sense, except he's living his life under the shadow of a prophecy. A dream. A book that lit up one day when you were reading it, and it lit your heart on fire, and you felt like you could win the whole world. Anybody have one like that? And then the next day you woke up and thought, oh no. Who's gonna pay for it? <laughs> How is this gonna? And then you finally you say, know, ah, forget it. Just a shooting star. The fact is. Once you get a word from God, you you become a miserable, it's boring true, Christian. It's true. <laughs> you cannot, once you've got a flash from heaven,
1: wow.
0: you can never live life boring without being miserable. Yep. I mean, you just live under the shadow that I was called for something, but I decided to come play on. it safe. Wow. New England is meant to have the come of fire.
2: Amen. Come on.
0: And because a word of God comes to a woman, and a word of God comes to a man, I am going to live my life heaven-bent, on seeing it fulfilled. Mm. Even if it means my life makes no sense. Mm. My parents don't get me. My parents never got me.
1: <laughs>
0: I quit seminary. They didn't get that. I remember when I was 40, my dad called me into his living room. He says, Lou, I have never understood the decisions you've made in life. (laughs) You confused me until I read your book. (laughs) And now I understand it was a divine calling from
1: God. (laughs) Boom.
0: How many years I preached the Nazarite message? How many years I, I traveled around in America with groups of 200 kids preaching about fasting and prayer? And it seemed so small. I lived my life under the domination of a book called Shaping History Through Prayer and Fasting by Derek Prince. I gave my life to extended fasting for 30 years. You know, you don't know where it all goes, but you you follow the flame. You follow the inward flame. And I followed the inward flame. Until 1999, I prophesied that kids would fill the mall in D.C. and the Nazarites would go to the mall. And a woman comes to me and she says, You don't know who I am, but the Lord told me to pay your salary this year because you're going to start something with the youth of America. They'll change the destiny of the nation in prayer. And I'm thinking, who are you, lady? Mm. But three months later, she said, have you ever thought about putting kids on the mall like promise keepers? Put them in. I said, ma'am, I prophesied it two years ago. She said, I'll give you $100,000 to start it. Amen. And on September 2nd, 2000, 400,000 young people primarily gathered to fast and pray in America. I want to just say something. I was 47 years old when that It was 20 years of prayer in small little companies like this that I thought God might know what's going on. I had dreams, but those dreams seemed to die after years. And just thought, you know, I'm just resigned to the hidden place. If you can pray long enough, there comes a time when He pulls the curtain. And you take your prayer meeting public. And he took my prayer meeting public. And 400,000 gathered. And it's gone all over the world. I want to say to you. There are promises of God. That will not be fulfilled. Unless you live your life. Under the shadow of that dominating prophecy. And you pray it over. And over. And over. And over. Believing that he who asks. Receives. He who seeks finds, he who knocks, the door will be open. Bang, bang, you knock, you knock. I tell you, New England was meant for the great awakening. You're here in a company of people that have seen the flame of a burning bush. I have a picture right here. It's a beautiful picture. Sorry, Bethany. The one that you don't think you look too good
2: on? Oh,
0: I was a wreck. I was just an absolute wreck that <laughs> day. This is Lou Engle and Bethany. It looks like she's been crying for days. I look very young
2: right there. Oh, he looks so young. So good.
0: <laughs> Bethany looks so messed up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, that's the most beautiful sight right there. Somebody who weeps because she has a moment of awe. And she walks in front of a building with a man's face on it, with map of the world, and his name is John Armott. Mm. He has an he has an encounter with God. Mm. Looking at this, did you even know who he was? I've never heard of him. You've never heard of him, John Armott. Actually, I want Bethany to come and tell the story you told me yesterday, your burning bush story on the word that Banning or the guy from Reading and the Bradford tell the story. Because I'm, tr- I'm not just telling my stories, I'm telling your stories. Uh,
2: mostly everybody in this place is aware of kind of our history with Bradford College and praying over that campus to be preserved that once again would be a hub for foreign missions. So kind of on that journey, I had been praying over the college and had never come to the history of John Armott or how it actually intersects with Bradford. So when I had gone out, I guess that was in 2001.
1: 2001.
2: um, I walked onto the campus. I had never heard John Armott's name, but from a distance as we were walking towards it and I saw his face, I mean, it wasn't like a, I think I'm going to cry now. It just like overtook me. Like I just went into almost like travail. It was kind of embarrassing. (laughs) Um, Like there it is. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) And they were like, Lou and Trent literally were like, what is going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, and they're like, do you know who he is? I'm like, no. And, um. For some reason, I don't even think his name, oh yeah, I guess his name was on there. Yeah, his name. I never remember seeing his name, just his face. Um, so Therese, in all of her wisdom, said, I need to take a picture of this. She said, God's doing something, and we need to document it. So she took the picture. But I had come home that week, and I had a history book. Actually, I brought it for Lou today. I had a history book of Bradford College. And as we were, it was a friend and I at a coffee shop. We came to this page, and all I could see was the word John R. Mott, and he was in the history book of Bradford College. And so I just had this encounter. encounter, And basically, in the history book, what it says that on the Bradford Commons, which is where we were the other day, on the Bradford Commons, that that's where John R. Mott stood to call forth the next student volunteer missions movement. And he came there because it was the well for foreign missions Adam Judson and Anne Hazeltine. And it gives his speech in there that he gave on the Bradford Commons. And in short, basically what he said is that the dreams of our fathers, that they had dreams that weren't realized. And it's the calling upon our generation okay. to see those dreams fulfilled. So that was kind of my... Ready to go... F- <laughs> oh, yes. So um, prior <laughs> prior to starting J-Hop, it was probably a year before starting J-Hop, I had, like I said, for five years been walking this campus, and now I had known about John Armat. So I was, you know, studying his life and knowing that the Lord was speaking to us. And really over, I mean, I could never, the amount of times I have recorded that God would just confirm and speak in, in supernatural ways about this. But what happened was I was standing just with a mass of people. And for those of you that know Reading, it's huge. Reading, California, the church there, Bethel. I was just standing, and out of nowhere, this guy walked up to me. And I ended up finding out later because I'm like, who is he and what is going on? He was on staff there as one of their prophets. But he literally just walked up to me, and he said, you have eyes for the nations of the earth. And he said, Bradford College. The place where you stand to pray, he said, it will be the crossroads for revival to the nations of the earth. And he went on just to elaborate about the Northeast, fire going up and down, all this stuff. But somewhere in the word, and I didn't hear it that day, it wasn't until the next year when I was fasting, I went back to the word. But he did in that word, he specifically said, he said, as you labor for awakening on the college campuses of Boston, it will be the catalyst yeah. for the next student volunteer missions movement you've seen in your spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I was asked to do J-Hop Austin, for those of you that don't know, about three times, his assistant that was working with him at the time, I just kept saying, nope, I'm on a mission. The Lord has spoken to me. I'm a radian Lampstand, Bradford College. I know my call, and I'm not moving. I just refu- refused to get off of what the Lord spoke to me about Bradford. And finally, I told his assistant, I said, I'm going to do a three-day water fast. If the Lord speaks to me during that time, I'll do it. And if not, I can't move from my mandate. And um, during that three-day water fast, um, somehow somebody brought the word. Helena sent me the word from Reading. And as I was reading over it, I actually saw the part about the college campuses of Boston. And I realized it was part of God's purposes, in, in order to see the fulfillment of his purposes, that this was actually... Along the way, so I said yes, not fully knowing what it would can look like.
0: Well, this, this is a, it, you could actually bypass this thing, or you could see, right. my gosh, this is a burning bush. No. This is none other less than a burning bush that a man 3,000 miles away oh. that knows nothing of her, who she is, would say that the place that you are praying. It's going to be the crossroads of the student missions movement and it's Bradford College not knowing anything about her and that the place where you are when you see the great awakening of the schools of Boston where you are laboring that will be that which releases this thing from Bradford. Folks, you can't make that up in 150 billion years. It's either God or it's a bad joke. And if it's God, you live your whole life under the shadow of a dominating prophecy. But her world and my world connect. And I actually believe that we're in a moment of time. And that moment might be ten years. We're going to see this great awakening. I shared last night how the Lord sent me back to Pasadena over this past year back to Mott Auditorium where this started, where I left for eight years with a flame in my heart that there's coming another great revival and stadiums are going to be filled in America and God is going to thrust forth laborers into the harvest field. Let me tell a little bit more of that story. This storyline eight years ago at Mott Auditorium, the U.S. Center for World Mission in Pasadena, I took three days to fast and pray and read a book. By, by uh, Lauren Cunningham, Is That Really You, God? How many of you have heard of the book? It's a great book to read. The story of a supernatural life that birthed y- uh, YWAM. As I'm reading this in the third day, the Lord speaks to me. Out of you will come a YWAM-type movement. And it will be connected to YWAM. Hmm. Now, I have no idea how that unfolds. In some ways, I hardly wonder, is, did I really hear God right? Anybody have one of those? <laughs> did I really f- hear God? Eight years uh, go by. It was in a, uh, three years ago, I was in um, Orlando. And on the stage of the Orlando called Lauren Cunningham, John Dawson of YWAM, Steve Douglas of Campus Crusade for Christ, and the major mission leaders of America stood with me and Mike Bickle and a couple other prayer leaders. And we declared that the missions movement is joining with the prayer movement. And they're going to move oh. together. For the purposes of God in the earth. There's been a war over what do you guys why don't you guys go do something, you praying folks? And we're thinking, why don't you pray? Because that's the most powerful force in the universe. Because when you pray, you get God involved. Amen. I'd rather get God involved than try to do my thing, but never never Preach. mind. So A year goes by and Lauren Cunningham actually comes to the One Thing Gathering in in, uh, in Kansas City. And then I meet, and I shared this last night, I meet with some of the young YWAM leaders in my living room. And I'll share it again because I believe with all my heart something is going on. They said, the call is making a shift from fasting and prayer, the John the Baptist movement, Two, signs and wonders and the proclamation of the gospel and stadiums will be filled in America. And Billy Graham's mantle is coming down on the call. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe the call becomes a send, but actually I'm beginning to think. The call really was born out of Luke 17. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and and the rebellious to the wisdom of the righteous. But the John the Baptist movement is not complete unless it leads to the Jesus movement. And the Lord began to deal with me. It's just not enough to say the hearts of the fathers are turning to the children. There is a message that John brought as well. And it is, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Come on! I don't want to just fill stadiums with people repenting. I want to fill stadiums with people getting saved. Because the Lamb of God is taking away the sins of the world. Could it be that 13 years of Nazarites fasting and birth has actually been preparing the way for a wave of salvation to shake the whole nation. Now, this is See, now, now you want I'm living my life under the shadow of prophecy. Your prophecy is not the same as mine, but I'll tell you it's just as powerful. If you believe it and dream it and pray it into being. And so I live. So this this goes on for 2 days. And then I receive a phone call from a prophet. My friend actually does a prophet from another State He says, do you know where New England is? If you do, tell him last night I had a visitation. And tell him that the call is making a mighty shift from fasting and prayer to the proclamation of the gospel to signs and wonders and stadiums will be filled in America. And it has to do with Billy Graham's mantle coming again on the nation. Folks, I, when I hear, heard that, now I'm beginning to say, it's God. See, that's what happens in the prophetic word. He gives you a word, and then a sovereign confirmation like the reading guy, And then you say, it's the Lord. And from that day forward, you can never live your life in an ordinary measure. Because you're under the shadow of a dominating prophecy. Most of us try to reason ourselves out of the prophetic word. We talk ourselves out of it by saying it's impossible. I don't have enough money. There's no career in that line. I'll tell you what. If God spoke, nothing will stop you from the fulfillment of that yes. prophecy unless you get bitter and stop and become cynical and stop praying. And, just, and you don't pray. Just go on with the calling on. So with this burning in my heart, I meet with the guys in Orlando, the same guys in Orlando some months later. And I'm sitting around a pool at, at a hotel. And as I'm sitting around that pool at the hotel, this, this YWAMER guy, he's kind of like the adrenaline gland of the body of Christ. <laughs> you need some of those guys. Only one or two. <laughs> If I would pastor a church, it would get self-destruct. It would blow up. That's why I don't pastor. I wasn't created to pastor. I was created to blow things up. That's why you don't compare yourself with other people's ministries. Like I'm talking to myself. There are certain callings. You've got to stay in your sphere. You get out of your sphere. You get messed up. Do what God ordained you to do. And wrote your name. And so, as we're sitting around the table... He begins to talk with me about these gatherings of preparation for stadium Christianity that the prophets have all seen, that the days are coming when the football fields of America are going to be used for the mm-hmm. masses awakenings. Come on from Russia, thank you for coming. Were you at the call in, in yes. Sacramento? Yes,
1: I was and I was
0: here in 99. Come on, and we need some Russians.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Give <it, ooh>, us <laughs> So, so, so and he begins to talk about these, these gatherings. And suddenly it was like a light that goes on within me. And I realized, oh my gosh. We did three years of prayer gatherings in preparation for stadiums to be filled with fasting and prayer called prayer storms. From 1997 to 1999 up to 4,500 kids gathered together to fast and pray for three days across the nation, that God would fill stadiums with young people fasting and praying. I know what it feels like to be on the front end before prophecies are fulfilled. Mm. (laughs) But I also know what it means to stand on a stage... And looking as far as the eye could see, with thousands of kids came to fast. And the actually says, I know what it feels like to be on the back end where I'm living in that this is that which was spoken by the prophets. Wow. Oh, there is something powerful when you step from prayer into fulfillment. And you were, we are like those who dreamed, our mouths filled with laughter, our tongue with songs of joy. Those who go forth weeping, carrying their seed with them will doubtless come again, carrying their sheaves rejoicing. Yeah. Folks, you sow enough tears in Boston. The day comes when you'll say, We were like those who dreamed, and Fenway Park is filled with souls being saved. Yeah. Folks, yeah. God is not, as you said, he will not fasten your soul to a dead-end vision. And I'm not just talking about my dreams. I'm talking about yours. And how you fit into that story life. And I thought, oh my gosh. Now faith began to be born because I knew the call was actually making a transition. And I actually have felt that maybe I'm in a three year period. And maybe I'm in birthing times yeah. again for another stage a stadium Christianity. Listen, it's John has made way for Jesus. Come on. Amen. The Nazarite has made way for the Nazarene. Amen. Jesus is about ready to appear in blazing tech. I was there in Harvard today. They're all so lost. But you said it. God has a way of shaking a the nation. They saw it in Russia when the wall came down, and suddenly all of Russia becomes ablaze with the gospel. Folks, He can do it here. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: God is able to bring Boston to its knees. Amen. And I don't know how He's going to do it, but it's probably going to be scary. I do know it's going to be answers to your prayers.
1: Amen.
0: The real cause of disturbance in the earth the prayers of the saints. Amen. It's true. Revelation 8. All this incense goes up and out from heaven comes lightnings and thunders and earthquakes. What is it? God disturbs the peace of the world when we pray. He shakes it all down so men and women begin to look for answers. They don't need any answers right now. They got all the yes, money man. they got, all the money they ever need. They got all the coffee and all the lattes and everything else they need. <laughs> oh, everything's all nice and cheery. You can go to your witches and your psychics. Wait till they have no answer, yeah. Yeah. and the prophets start standing on, signs man. and wonders and miracles. Amen. They'll come running to Jesus. Amen. Come on, amen. That's that's how we we live our lives under the shadow of that hope and that promise. So. As he's sharing these things with me, I'm suddenly light. Oh, faith is born. I'm in another birthing season. Three years. And then he says, "And I was in California sharing with these leaders, and we do not even know the names of these meetings. And he said, And this gal named Fetine suddenly interjects and says, The name of these meetings will be Ekbalo. Ekbalo? What is that name? (laughs) So they look up the word akbalo, and this is the word. Turn with me to Matthew nine. Matthew nine thirty-eight, thirty-five. And Jesus went through all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. He's seeing them. He's doing signs and wonders. There's a sense of rejoicing. Every disease is being healed. But in the middle of the move of Jesus, signs and wonders, Jesus is looking at the task yet to be fulfilled. And He said, oh my gosh, I'm sure He's thinking. All the unreached people groups in the earth, the crowds, the masses, Who will go for me? Who will bring my message of the gospel, the signs and wonders? He's overwhelmed. He sees it. And out of this vision of the masses, even in the midst of a breakout of revival, a localized revival, in the midst of this, he is so captured that he says to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. This is the perspective. The perspective is always this. The harvest is plentiful. The perspective is, the harvest is plentiful. But the problem always is, the laborers are few. And what is his prescription for the problem from his perspective? The prescription is, not go, it is pray. Pray, the Lord of the harvest, to follow laborers into the harvest. Oh, this is amazing. Give me my, uh, my, my book down there. I think there was a... Uh, yeah. Reesal's Intercessor. If you haven't read this book, this should be must-reading for every jail. Okay. Sorry, Bethany and this this, is. <laughs> this this is must-reading. I'll get to that in a moment. Pray the Lord of the harvest to ekbalo laborers into the harvest. The word ekbalo is not the normal word for send. The normal word for sin in Greek is, is the word apostello. But Jesus, out of his vision, you can tell. This is not, Lord of the harvest. You just pray pray, pray. pray. You know, Boston. You know, Jacob. Right, just pray. Lord of the harvest. Send to labor doctor of the harvest field. He's coming from an explosive vision of the mass need of humanity overwhelmed with the task and the brokenness of humanity, something rises out of his spirit. And he says, pray! The word is dekomai. It is not the normal word for praise. pray the Lord. It is the word that is... The, I beg you! It's actually an imperative word. It's a command. I command you to beg me. I command you to... To earnestly beseech and beg me. He said, I want you to feel like I feel about the harvest fields. You've got to pray to the Lord of the Harvest. The one who sees the masses of New England and all their witchcraft and their vacant eyes and all their bondage and sexual immorality and their pagan professors that are leading thousands of Christian kids into deception. And you see that if something goes on and he says, I command you to beg me. That's what he's saying there, folks. It is not a passive word. You've got to use the Greek word that he uses. Dekomai, I command you to beseech me earnestly. Dekomai, I pray. Pray. I beg you. I command you. Why aren't you asking me? Lord of the harvest. To ekbalo laborers into the harvest field. The word ekbalo is the word that Jesus uses when he says, If I, by the finger of God, cast out demons, the demon The kingdom of heaven has come upon you. It's the same word he uses for cast out demons. Mm. Come on, (laughs) Satan! See, I've been turning in Argentina. (laughs) Satan! Everybody has trouble with binding principalities and powers. That's because the, the guys that are not doing it are the guys that aren't seeing anything. Just go ask the Argentine Satan, and everyone starts manifesting demons all over the place. We need to get some white guys. Maybe some Harvard international. Come on, the challenge. Hell over this. Amen. 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 Pray the Lord of the harvest to follow labors. Cast out labors. It's not a normal word. It's a forceful word. It's a hurling. He's so good. That's, that's what he wants to do. He wants to hurl labors yeah. into the heart. I need to be hurled. One burning bush encounter can send a man into the unreached people groups. Can send a man open air preaching with signs and wonders. One man What apostle here in New England could shake this whole place? Why not this company right now? You start praying, Lord of the harvest, Ekbalo laborers into the harvest field, and you start getting Saul's converted to Paul's. Signs and wonders and miracles. And when Jesus casts out demons, how many of you know demons have to go? When Jesus casts out laborers, Labors have to go. Come a divine compulsion comes. I remember when I first got saved and I'm asking God to give it back to me. You couldn't keep me from evangelizing in the malls. They kicked me out of the malls. I preached in movie theaters. I was possessed. And now I got religious. Oh God, send the Holy Spirit for a new following of labors because it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that makes us witnesses. That's the deal. This city needs a baptism of the Holy Spirit from heaven. Acts 2. Sunday, right here. boy Tongue of fire. And you'll go out on those streets and start speaking in other languages and unreached people groups who their sons and daughters will hear your languages. Come on. Why should we look to the past as some kind of, you know, that thing's over with? We need a new day of Pentecost. And we won't, we won't stop. Until we have it. We have no alternative. Because we're losing our own sons and daughters. To, preach. to demons. Preach. Preach. No oh. No Lord of the harvest. No. bolo laborers. No. In the harvest. No. This word became. One word became a burning bush. When I heard this. It was like that word. Hit my spirit. And it was like a burning bush inside of me. And I said oh my gosh. You have just given me the key to unlock the greatest harvest in history. Not just in America, but the 7,000 unreached people groups that must be around the throne worshiping God before Jesus can return. Matthew 24, this gospel of the kingdom must be preached to all ethnic groups as a witness. And then the end shall come. All the ethnic groups have come to your campus right here. The Dagestanis were here last week. Those guys blowing up that bomb were from an unreached people group in Chechnya, in Dagestan. Somebody didn't get them. They got to us before we got to them. I say, God, give us, even out of this group, some missionaries that will go to Dagestan with businesses. And penetrate Islamic terrorist companies. Come on, Jesus. I'm asking the Lord. Give me a laborer out of Boston that will be an apostle to Dagestan. Ever since I saw that he was from Chechnya, I've been praying that, Lord of the harvest, ikbala laborers from New England, from Boston to go to Dagestan. He's going to answer my prayer. Amen. Because I'm praying his will. Amen. Now, I've, this this word becomes like a fire. It's not a shooting start for me. It actually became an assignment, almost like the abortion, like the abortion story. One word from God sets me on another assignment. And you know what I'm dreaming now? I'm dreaming of a million people worldwide who are praying every day, Lord, the harvest. and have the laborers into the harvest. I've come recruiting, not to my assignment, but to Jesus' assignment. Don't you think we should pray the very prayer He told His own disciples to pray? Don't you think we should pray the prayer that the Father, the only prayer that the Father gave His Son in the Old Testament, Psalms chapter 2, ask me, I'll give you the nations as your inheritance? Don't you think that Jesus has been praying for 2,000 years for the nations? Maybe this It's time for the church to pray what He's praying. Find out what He's praying. He's praying every day, Give me the nations, Father. God, He in heaven is praying, but earth must pray what's being prayed in heaven. Give us the nations, Out of Boston, a light to the nations. A city set on a hill that cannot be hid. A light to the nations. This is your calling. She got it as a burning bush. John Armand who is the father of the student missions movement that thrust forth out of this very area 20,000 missionaries. Yes. Folks, he did it in his day. And a new university movement is coming. According to the word, there's coming an awakening Come to on. the schools of Boston. Yes. And then to Bradford it will be the crossroads of a student yes. volunteer mission movement. It's yes. so supernatural. You now live your life into the shadow of that word and you pray it over yes. and over and over, I tell you this, I feel like the Lord spoke to me today. This message is the catalyst to that movement. You start praying, Lord of the harvest. At bottle labor from this region, from the universities, he will get his sons and daughters converted and sent. Wow. Wow. On. Hallelujah. On. So while I'm hit with this at word, one phrase can change your life forever. I'm reading this by Grease Howells. And look, I want I just read this for a little bit, for years. The Lord asked me, Do you believe the Savior meant His last command? That every creature the gospel must go to every creature. And He said, I do. And God said, Then do you believe that I can give the gospel to every creature? Without stretching the point, Reese Howells answered, I believe you can. You are God. I am dwelling in you. And then the Lord said, Can I be responsible for this you. Now this is a whole different deal, folks. I want to give you this: when God gives you a command and a burning bush, it's not just a good idea. You have become responsible because heaven talked to you. Time out. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's look. His words are not just things that you can be played with. These words are expected that we would actually do those very words he spoke to us. And an intercessor with a word from God. It's not just, well, I'm going to pray a few prayers. No, I'm going to take on the responsibility of fulfilling that very word. Today, when I'm dropping in this place, I believe has the power to release the great student volunteer missions movement because it came from a word from God. And because of a word, you have now taken the responsibility for that word to be done, to be fulfilled. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, see, I'm, I see what I'm saying. I'm, uh, we're we're not treating the word of God lightly preach, in our lives.
2: Preach, preach.
0: And I know some of you are thinking of the very words that you've gotten from God in a dream, and you, sometimes you just filed it and said, "No, you, mm. you can't file. You pray it over mm. and over and over. Because mm. 'cause it's been given to you as a responsibility for me." Mm a stewardship, an entrustment. For years, Mr. Howells had been praying for the gospel to go to the world. Before he went to Africa, the Spirit brought before him God's promise to his son in Psalms 2. Listen to this. He had not let a day pass without praying that the son should have the heathen for his inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for his possession. Not a day would pass without him praying it. Why? Because it was the prayer the Father gave his son.
1: Right.
0: I'd like to put this on our prayer list. There will not be a day pass from this day forward in this house that a prayer for the unreached people Come group will not go forth. Unre- yeah. You pray this long enough the day yeah. comes when Come God will release the greatest no, at from New England. He'll fill stadiums. He'll get souls saved. I don't know what hell we're going to have to go through to get there, but God is able to do Amen. the life. Amen. Amen. Not only that, when you start praying this, you'll get saved don't pray this prayer unless you're ready to get sent That bellowed. and then while in Africa listen to this he had been struck by Andrew Murray's comment on the Savior's word in Matthew 9, 38 pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest field now listen to this statement this is the statement that all, all I can say is when I read it <laughs> it became an assignment from heaven Nine years ago, I received a assignment from heaven to raise up a prayer movement for the ending of abortion. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you today mm-hmm. that there is more legislation in the states of, of the United Amen. States for the ending of abortion Amen. than ever in history. God mm-hmm. is putting abortion on a full court press. Today, my friend, Sam Brownback, governor of Kansas, just passed a bill today that says... That life begins at fertilization. Amen. Come on. Wow. Wow. I go back to DC wow. twelve, thirteen wow. years ago, a prophet gave me a word, Cindy Jacobs, that you'll be a, you'll be connected with a man named Sam Brown back, the Senator of Kansas. I forgot about the prophecy until I got a condo facing the Supreme Court building, so I had a place to pray for the ending of abortion. Not a bad idea, not a bad place to pray. <laughs>
1: Wow.
0: We're I think we're I think we're in a divine moment of time. Yeah. Folks, abortion is not ended, but there's a full court press on it. Amen. And then you get the whole homosexual movement. It's kinda of like a bad news deal. Folks say you can't even win this thing in a political sense. I'll tell you how we're gonna yeah. win this yeah. Win. Yeah. the greatest awakening, yeah. and I believe that God oh, in the sixties and seventies oh. went after the hippies. And the people that everybody rejected got saved. I believe God's going to save so many homosexuals Come on. with radical converting deliverance power yes. that you won't be able to say anymore that you can't change because there will be yeah. so much change. Yeah. Yeah. I've had dreams of clothing homosexuals in white. Oh, I, for God. years, these things God, I, I, that's why I pray all the time, Lord. I asked you for 100,000 gay and lesbian men and women to be converted. Why? It was a word from God. I pray my prophecies over and over and over again. It's how you get things done in the kingdom. You get God involved by prayer. You think you're going to try to raise yourself and promote yourself into some kind of position? No, like Daniel, just pray and fast. And watch. God will set you in a situation where you have to interpret the dream of a pagan professor. Come on. I tell you, learn dreams. Learn interpret dreams. Mm. You're ready to go.
1: <laughs> You're ready to go. <laughs> ask
0: Joseph. Ask Daniel. In fact, kings get dreams because it's God's way to come to wow. kings through the back door.
1: Yeah. Come on. Haunts
0: them when they're asleep.
1: <laughs>
0: Disturbs their peace. Let me keep going. And this one statement riveted my soul, and this was it. Andrew Murray had pointed out on the strength of this verse, That the number of missionaries... Listen to this. The number of missionaries on the field depends entirely. Mm. Mm. Say, depends entirely. Depends Depends entirely. entirely. No, listen. Really. The number of missionaries on the field depends depends entirely. entirely. On the extent to which someone obeys that command and prays out the labors. When I read that, Lord said, I'm making you responsible for raising up a worldwide movement. That the church worldwide will pray in Matthew 9, 38. Day after day. I am sitting on the greatest movement of my life. To a burning bush of one line. And a Bible verse. Pray at you know what I'm saying? I'm delivering this message here because we're walking the same storyline. Revival souls in America and the 7,000 unreached people groups that are going to come, they're going to get saved from many missionaries worldwide, from Brazil, from Argentina, from Indonesia, from Russia. When we pray, Lord, the harvest at of Labors, God takes our little thinking. We're thinking about, you know, God sent labor from Boston. And He answers that prayer by actually out- yes. reaching way into Europe yes. and Switzerland yes. and sending labors. Oh, God, God that's takes those weak little prayers and does way beyond all that you can think or imagine. Yeah. That's why I'd rather be a praying man than a preaching man. I know that if I pray, I get God involved. And God, when He gets involved, always does way beyond all that you can think or imagine. It's just how it works. That's why we do prayer here. While everyone else we trying to appease everybody. We're trying to appeal to heaven. Or oh, divining. Or wow. dreams are happening all over this. Yeah. You don't know what's going on when you pray. I tell you, I started praying. I got possessed by this line. I begin to ask God, give me a million people worldwide. I've come to launch a movement in Boston that will start in the next 10 years. A student volunteer missions movement, an awakening that will touch yeah. the ends of the earth. 7,000 unreached people groups, so Jesus can come back yeah. to the planet. Yeah. He's not coming until that happens. Yes. I don't know why don't why don't we uh, get on his program? Yeah. Yeah. Preach the gospel from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. There are seven thousand unreached people groups because we haven't prayed. Lord, of the harvest and labors. True. I tell you, I'm after Tibet right now. I want Tibet real wow. bad. Oh. My son led a team for two and a half months along the Ganges through prophetic word. It's the most demonized, darkest areas in the earth. But I'm so filled with the sense that God is going to give me the people group along with the Ganges of three, four states yeah. Bihar, Uttar Pradesh, Bengal. I'm asking God, Ekbalo laborers to the Ganges. He said, Well, how do you know it happens? Well, the Lord loves to convince you. Yeah. I started praying for eight months. I'm praying with these guys, these YWMers, and whoever else will pray with the Lord of the Harvest, Ekbalo laborers. Yeah. I go to the ramp, which is a movement in South in Alabama, youth movement. I preach the message I just preached to you. Afterwards, I meet with 50 young leaders from their from their company. And this young lady says, just this week, I was reading Matthew 9, 38. I looked up the word send in the Greek, and it was the word ekbalo. And all week long, I've been telling our staff, the word is ekbalo, the word. I'll tell you what, when other people start saying the word, yeah. it's because... His people, and if he's speaking to his people, he's getting ready to follow laborers. That's the deal. At the same time, I start praying, a movement among the Calvinist Reformed churches starts. It's called the Igbolo Initiative, and it's targeting the unreached people groups. Folks, he's getting ready. I begin praying, Lord of the harvest, Igbolo laborers in the harvest field, and God starts with my own family. My own daughter, Gloria, age 17, she comes to me and says, Dad, I had a dream last night. I had a dream that that Lord Cunningham of Wywim. Have you heard this? Lord Cunningham of Wywim was on a stage preaching. And she says, a full auditorium. I was in the front row. But he was only speaking to me. And he was preaching on the mantle of Moses falling on Joshua. And suddenly she said he fell to the ground dead. She said, I leaped up and I began to give him CPR and said, Mr. Cunningham, you can't die yet. Your task isn't finished. You can't die yet. Your task isn't finished. He raises from the dead and says, it's not my task to finish. It's yours. That's a calling. She is now in a, preparing for a missionary overseas. Going in. I, I can't tell you where she's going. But she is ruined because she got Followed. Because a dad was praying, Lord, how the harvest Amen. crushed forth labors in the harvest. My son, 26-year-old son, Josiah, he comes to me months after his dream. This is typical Josiah. He said, Dad, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was in this full stadium arena. And Lauren Cunningham was on stage preaching. And he says, I was sitting in the back row. <laughs> typical. My daughter's in the front row. My son's in the back row. But he said, in the dream, he's so moved by Lord Cunningham's message that he runs outside to his car and begins weeping. And Daddy said, I was crying out over and over again. hear am I, Lord. Send me. Here my Lord. Send me. He's now in unreached people group country as a missionary with YWAM. Come on. A man named Dick Simmons who I just told you about <clears throat> An old intercessor that nobody knows hardly in America, but God knows Mm him. Years ago, as a young man, overlooking the Hudson River, New York City, burdened by the gangs of New York City, he begins to cry out to God in the middle of the night, Lord of the Harvest! Ekbalo labors into the harvest! He didn't say Ekbalo. (laughs) Sand labors into the harvest! And he's crying out so loud. That he's reported and the police come to arrest him for disturbing the peace. They said, what are you doing? I'm praying, Lord, the harvest send laborers to the drug, to, 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 to the gangs of New York City. They don't arrest him. He doesn't know it, but they trace it back that in a small town in Pennsylvania that very night, a guy is reading an article about the gangs of New York City. And God breaks his heart and sends him to New York City. His name is David Wilkerson. Nobody knows him, but the credit of millions of souls goes to a man who prayed, Lord, the harvest. You say, I can't go as a missionary. You can do something more. You can pray, Lord, the harvest. And he'll send missionaries into the harvest. A young lady in California, there, I think it was at Biola. They had a wall with names of unreached people groups there with uh, little papers on it. And you could ch- just pull one down off the wall and you commit yourself to pray for a whole year. Wow. For the people group, this little girl, this young gal pulls one off and it says the Jot People. She goes to another one, she pulls another one off and it's the same one. A the jot, a jot People. She prays every day for two years. For the, this people group that they would receive the gospel. Two years Later, she goes on a missions trip, a short-term missions trip with this team. They go to this place. I forget where it exactly is. They share, they're sharing the gospel, and there's just no response from these people, these tribes, and this tribe, this village, a village, and this village. They come to this one village. They preach the gospel. doesn't look like much has happened. They're getting ready to leave, and the chief of the village comes out and says, We have been moved by your message. And we had met together as, a, as the, as the uh, community of leaders. And we have decided that I and my whole village will give their lives to Christ. Wow. What's the name of your people group? The Jot People. Wow. One girl, two years of prayer, wow. has the fruit of an unleashed people wow. okay. that got saved. Because she prayed, Lord of the harvest, Ekbo labors into the harvest field." I believe we've come to a moment that Jesus is saying, I'm preparing for a great awakening in America. I don't know when. The sound is out there. Many people are speaking of stadiums being filled. I don't know. But rather than living in slugginess and unbelief, I want to put my head between my knees and dare to believe that it's time that God's not done with America. He's not done with the universities of New England. We have got prophecies that the wealth and, and the poisoning of the minds will become leads for the healing of the nations. We believe this. We believe that the nations are coming here and God will thrust them forth into the unreached people groups. This is how we pray. When you pray, supernatural things begin to take place. God sets up divine appointments. You don't know how it happens, but God, the Lord, of the heart. Of once solved more than you have
1: done
0: I want to give you this word today Mm. that would you along with me at Mod Auditorium I've got a group of 25 kids that basically said we're going to be responsible Mm. to see revival come in prayer Mm. to Southern California Mm. to release missionaries to the unreached people groups Mm. I end with this little statement and he said this this word from God was to lay direct responsibility on him. It was no mere assent a general command to preach the gospel to every creature. It meant, if accepted, that he and all who took this responsibility with him would be bondservants for the rest of their days to this one task. To intercede, to go, to serve others who go, to be responsible for seeing that every creature hears the gospel. I feel like God put me in my auditorium, Bethany, because he sees John R. Mott's vision. And he is saying, Lou, will you give me 7,000 unreached people groups for your prayers? In the next 10 years, can I believe God for 100,000 missionaries to be followed in the harvest fields? That's what we're asking for. Seems impossible, but I remember I was in a day when I dreamed about stadiums being filled, and it was impossible. But it happened. Amen. And if that happened, I'm prepared to believe that Boston will see it happen. Amen. And New England will get the revival of Jonathan Edwards again. Amen. And that once again, Bradford College will be the crossroads of student volunteers. <laughs> How many of you would take this word up with me? Would we'll you start praying? Every day, Lord the harvest And all laborers. You say, Lou, that's not much of an altar call. Oh, I tell you. Yes. just yes. this company took the responsibility and every day we begin to pray this thing. I tell you, I believe when heaven, when you go to heaven, there will be people from the English Caucasus people say thank you for your yeah. prayers because you unleashed a missionary to us.